0: Good morning, Jenny Turner with Lovejoy Real Estate. This is a special episode of Real Talk where we're gonna talk about flipping homes, buying a house simply with the purpose of buying, fixing, selling. Not holding long-term, just making the money and the profit in the short-term flip. Today we're at 12055 Southwest Ann Street. Charles and I bought this house on May 15th for $580,000. We had a plan to put about $25,000 in it and hopefully make about $25,000, $30,000 profit. Stay tuned for those numbers. We'll go over them in a minute of what the reality is as we're actually going to be finished with this. The house was built in 1989 and when we purchased it, it looked very much like it was 1989. Blue wallpaper, dated cabinetry, four inch white tile countertops. Um, It was painted kind of a baby blue color. So we knew it needed a lot of work. Now fast forward, of course it needed more work than we were thinking, right? Our original plan on the flip was to clean up the exterior, give it a little bit of TLC with some landscaping. Um, One of my favorite tricks with houses is to cut back all the vegetation in the front of the house. I really find that sellers over time just let like small little plants that were cute when they were planted grow up. And on this house especially, there was a beautiful arbor terrace that somebody had done over the entry. It was beautiful, but you couldn't see the house. And there was a big cherry tree that was probably really cute when somebody planted it as a little tiny cherry tree, but it grew up and you really couldn't see the house. My mom, who's a gardener, it broke her heart that I tore all that out. But once I tore all that out, you can now see the front of the house and the curb appeal went up a bunch. The house was painted a kind of a baby blue color. That was the color it was when the people I bought it from bought it. They'd never got around to painting it. I didn't like the color, but I wasn't willing to spend money just because I didn't like the color. It was acceptable. It was an okay color. Unfortunately, as we got into the inspection, we did our due diligence. We found a whole lot of rot and damaged siding forcing me to have to repaint it. Silver lining, of course, it's no longer baby blue. Now it's Sherwin-Williams Urbane Bronze, which is one of my very favorite exterior paint colors. Kind of a dark brown, bronzy, gray color and gave it much better curb appeal. So I started on the outside of the property, did some landscaping, repainted it, did a bunch of repair. I had about $7,000 additional in rot repair that I wasn't planning on as my painter dug into the siding and the soffits and all of that stuff. We always make sure when we're doing a flip, we don't just hide anything. We don't just cover up anything. Um, I gave Ricardo instruction that any rot he found, anything anything that was wrong, he needed to fix it, needed to fix it right. So the exterior envelope got done. He cleaned the roof. This house has a tile roof on it that was really dirty and just therefore kind of ugly. So he got it all cleaned up. The house has solar panels, so we have to be really careful around the solar panels, but the roof now is clean and shiny. He cleaned out the gutters. We reattached some downspouts and we just made sure the outside looked really good. Then we moved inside. Original plan was to replace all of the flooring with some kind of luxury vinyl blank. Uh, when we walked in the front door of the house, there's hardwood floors, then there was carpet, then there was some tile floors. It was just kind of a mishmash of different flooring. Carpet's cheaper to put in than a luxury vinyl plank. So I really considered doing carpet in the bedrooms and down the hallway, but at the end of the day, the savings wasn't very much, it wasn't worth it. So I went all in and we did luxury vinyl plank in the whole house. I was also planning on keeping the cabinetry. The kitchen was fine, pretty spacious, pretty good, big island, but the island had kind of a um, angle to it. So it went out one way and then it went out the other way. And it just was very dated from the eighties. You would never see that today in a house. So as I was looking at trying to modernize it, my original budget just had putting new countertops on. And I just decided we couldn't get away with doing that. That would be a disservice to put new pretty quartz counters on kind of old crappy cabinetry that was also kind of dated in its design. So cabinetry got pulled out and we ordered brand new cabinetry from Beaverton cabinets. Super happy with them. They did a great job. They spent about $4,200 in cabinetry. Now that's not installed. That's just the boxes of the cabinetry. And my general contractor who did most of the work for us, he's the one who actually installed it for me. But $4,200 for new cabinetry. And it's fabulous. White shaker cabinets. I bought the least expensive cabinet they had, but it's nice. It's quality, perfectly great. I would live here, put a new big island in it for eight feet long Island with seating. So, um, the new buyer could have like four bar stools in the Island. So we really were able to step up the kitchen in a way that I wasn't planning on in my original numbers without actually costing me very much money. We got a great deal on quartz counters from Macadam Flooring and Design. Scott Carden over there was great. He really helped us out and did it on a kind of a sped up time frame for me because that's one thing about flips. You can't let it just sit around, right? Everybody's complaining right now that you can't get stuff, you can't find stuff, products are delayed, and that's totally true. And I had to make design decisions based on what was in stock. I had to pick things that I could get and I could get quickly because I didn't have time to wait 30, 45 days, 60 days for that tub that I really wanted to come in. Plus when you're doing a flip, you have to kind of think about the fact that nobody cares what you like. Like it doesn't matter if I like it or not. I don't even like bathtubs, but I needed to have a bathtub because that's good for resale. And I have a really big primary bathroom that had a lot of room, so I had to fill it up somehow. But I had to pick a tub on Wayfair that I could get here within a week. So you have to make design decisions that work, especially right now with all of our delays that won't slow things down. Um, I buy a lot of my stuff on Amazon and Wayfair. I can really find that Amazon, the reviews, if you go through and look at them, they have great reviews, I can really tell quality. And then I always just shop it against pricing at Wayfair because sometimes Wayfair is cheaper and sometimes Amazon is cheaper. Part of it I look at when I'm doing a flip is how do I modernize the house for the least amount of money and in a way that's going to appeal to the most people. So the dining room in this house had kind of a built-in eighties hutch, just kind of a, just a, I don't know. It just wasn't ideal at all. Really dated the house. I thought about ordering new cabinetry for it, but really most people don't want built-in hutches anymore. That's not a very 2022 thing. So instead of doing that, we just removed it. Now, my plan was to remove it, fill it in and sheetrock over it and just have a nice flat wall in the dining room and have some wasted space. Well, my contractor didn't get the message exactly right. And sometimes when you're doing flips, that's what happens. Like sometimes there's some miscommunication. And so I had a choice of paying him more to come back in and reframe it and redo it and have this wall in the dining room. Or in the end, now we just have a little niche that's built in. Somebody can put something there. When we have this house staged, I told my stager I wanted to make sure she brought a buffet or something that could fit in that space to give it some purpose. Because right now it looks kind of funny. Um, and I think once it's staged, she'll be able to tie that in. You also have to be really careful about what you spend money on and what you don't because I mean, you can just keep going on a wat- rabbit hole, right? This house had a fireplace that was obviously very 90s. I really thought about doing like a cool, fun tile, just something to sp- spice it up. In the end, I didn't. I just painted the mantle, which was a really dark cherry wood. I painted it bright white. We're gonna paint the interior of the firebox black And that'll just make it pop and it'll be good enough. Sometimes you have to be careful on what you're spending money on and you have to draw lines and you can't just do everything on a flip and make that money back. So you have to kind of pick your battles. So on this house, the kitchen became one of my battles. I really wanted to do it. So did the primary suite bathroom. So for resale, you hear a lot about kitchens and bathrooms, kitchens and bathrooms, kitchens and bathrooms. So we focused on the kitchen, did a bunch of work in there. We also focused on the primary suite bathroom. Now, 1980s had something going for it, really big bathrooms in general. That said, really ugly bathrooms. So this bathroom started out with a 36 inch shower, so pretty small in a walk-in shower, and then a really, really big jetted soaking tub. Um, Remember when those were the rage? Those are not the rage anymore. So I looked at doing some things. um, I thought about just leaving the tub and retiling around it. That was my original plan, in fact. But as we got into it and we looked at it, it was just a ridiculous use of space. So we took the the jetted tub out. We took all the framing out. I bought a new freestanding tub on Wayfair. I spent about $700. So relatively expensive in my overall material cost. But now I have a nice freestanding tub there. I also pushed the wall out in the shower and made it a 48 inch shower instead of a 36 inch shower. Made a huge difference. In the 80s, something else they did a lot was soffits. And for some reason in this house, they put soffits over the tub shower in the hall bathroom and they put a soffit over the shower in the main bathroom and it made you feel really closed in. So we took those soffits out, they were just decorative, they had cabinetry, it was in storage. We took those out and now in the primary suite bathroom, I'll have a tile surround in the shower that goes all the way to the ceiling. It feels so much bigger than it did before. I also cheated a little bit because remember how I said you have to draw some lines? Tile shower pans are very expensive to put in. Um, They have a lot of labor. There's a lot of cost involved in there. It's a fabulous look. It's a very high-end look to have a tile floor in your shower. On this particular house, I skipped it. And I ordered a black, probably fiberglass, I guess. I probably fiberglass shower pan. Now, my theme for this house is black and white farmhouse. That's kind of what I've been going on the inside. So most of my fit and finishes are white with some sprinkles of black. All of my hardware is black. Door handles, I replaced all the door handles with a modern black lever door handle. So the black shower pan is gonna look perfectly great. I bought a 3x12 tile, subway tile, for the shower surround, and I'm gonna use the same product in the kitchen on the backsplash. In stock at Lowe's. Now, Sunday I had to drive around to three different Lowe's to find the tile that I've had enough for the project. But it was in stock, I didn't have to worry about it. And because it was in stock locally, I can return what we don't use. So I was able to buy extra just in case my tile guys needed more than they expected. And then at the end of the day, I can take it back and I can return it really easy and not have to worry about it. Sometimes on these projects, you end up with extra material. At the end of the day, we always try to save it for the next project, but sometimes it works in the next project and sometimes it doesn't work in the next project. On this particular project, I had leftover white hexagonal tile that I really wanted to use. Um, We had an extra from our condo office conversion that we did. I just didn't have enough of it to do anything. So I carved all that tile over here, hoping to use it. And then last night I carted it all back home because there was just no place for it. I was however able to repurpose a brand new sink that we bought for our Regal project. Um, We bought it for Regal, not measuring the cabinetry first and it was too big, it didn't fit. So it was a beautiful, fabulous sink. I couldn't return it. I was outside my return window. It's Blanco, very high quality, but it's been sitting in my garage. So this time I made sure I ordered a sink cabinet that was big enough for this fabulous undermount sink. And we were able to use something we already had. I also was able to reuse some of the things already in the house. The sellers that we bought this house from had recently replaced the disposal. So my contractor just pulled it out and we'll put back in that same disposal. So sometimes you can reuse things that were already there. I bought new vanities for the bathrooms from Costco. I love Costco's freestanding vanities, generally the cheapest place I can find them. Plus it's super easy, they come with countertops, they come with sinks, it's easy to pop in. So just kind of some things to save my contractor some time in place and not having to worry about custom cabinetry. Part of doing a flip is having a good team. I am so lucky to have an amazing team. I have an amazing painter. He shows up every single time he says he's going to, he does everything he says he's gonna do. Is he the cheapest? He's not, but he does quality work every single time and I don't have to worry about it. And because I refer him a lot of business, I know he shows up for me, but he also shows up with my clients and that's super important to me. I have a really great flooring guy. Jeremy is phenomenal. He does LVP, he does carpet, he's great. And so I was able, as we knew we were buying this property, I was able to get on people's radar, but hey, mid-May, I'm gonna have a project. Early May, I'm gonna have a project. Mid-April, I'm gonna have a project. And I was able to stair stack them back where everything has been pretty efficient we got keys to this house on April 6th. So April 6th, we'll go live on the market May 18th. Not bad, right? Especially when everything's taking so long. And that's because I have amazing contractors who are willing to step in and get it done. Ricky of being an H Home Repair, he was kind of my main go-to guy on this project. He's a new relationship for me actually. Uh, a handyman that I've been using um, recently referred me to him because some of the stuff I needed Todd to do was a little bit beyond Todd's ability. And he's like, hey, I don't know if you know Ricky, but you should really call him. And Ricky's been a phenomenal relationship. I joke with my contractors that if you do a good job for me, I'll refer you and keep you busy for the rest of your life. And a lot of times like they can't come through, like they just can't, they can't show up when they say they're gonna show up, they just can't do it and they get too busy, balls get dropped and people are annoyed. So Ricky's a new relationship for me. I always try to have my contractors do a project for me before I refer them out too much because I wanna make sure that they really did show up. I wanna make sure the quality is good And let me tell you, he's been phenomenal. So I'm lucky to have a good team to be able to facilitate that. My tile guy, Anatoly, amazing. Um, They're actually scheduled to start tile tomorrow and they're my last thing to be finished. So they're gonna finish on Monday. And I showed up last night, they'd already gotten started. So I love that. I love the ability to like have people show up on schedule and then get everything done. The tile always pretty much is the last thing in my projects, especially when I'm not doing tile floors because we can't do tile backsplash in the kitchen until the court's counters are in. And court's counters always delay us. Having a good team of those contractors who all kind of work on schedule means I can hit my internal deadlines of when I want the house in the market. And when you're flipping, the more of your carrying costs are, the lower your profit. So it's important to get in and get out as fast as possible. I'm working with another client right now that I swear he's been flipping this house for a year. Well, your profit's a lot lower when you're paying interest on that money that whole time. So it's important to get in do what you need to do and get out and get it back on the market. So I mentioned that we wanna make sure that when we're doing a flip, we appeal to the masses. So for me, that means neutral. All my walls are white. My LVP is a nice neutral kind of gray beige tone. My countertops are white with a little bit of a gray flick. My cabinetry is white. I want light, bright, and shiny. And then we'll stage it so it looks really good. Sometimes people don't think you need to stage new construction or newer homes that have been remodeled because the house itself looks good, which is true, but the staging will make it feel like a home. And right now, if you walked into this home, you'd probably actually think it felt a little sterile. It's a little white and neutral. I thought about doing a cool backsplash in the kitchen to like give it a pop, but I looked at some black and white ones because that's kind of my theme. End of the day, I'm going neutral because I don't know what that buyer is going to want. And because I don't know what that buyer is going to want, I want to appeal to as many buyers as possible because that's how we get the profitability, right? So I left it with a white backsplash. It's pretty, it's cool. It's got a little bit of like texture and stuff to it. It looks a little handmade, so it's not just boring white, it's also three by 12. A three by 12 subway isn't quite what people expect. And we're going to do it in a modern straight set. So it won't look, it'll look a little more modern than traditional. And that's what we're going for here. We replaced all the floor vents throughout the house. Sometimes I can cheat and just spray paint those black and make them look good. But in this case, it was a combination of brown ones, metal ones, plastic ones, wood ones, it looked horrible. We bought brand new black ones and they look spectacular. The other thing we did was we painted the inside of the garage. The garage in this house was a dingy brown color pretty much throughout. It looked old. It looks like 1986. Nothing had ever been done in the garage. The garage isn't very important for resale. Well, I mean, don't ask my husband, but for my purposes, the garage isn't very important. But we did wanna brighten and lighten it up and just make it look a little better. So when we had the painters here, I just had them spray everything white. And oh my gosh, does it look so much better. So sometimes those little things really do move the needle. Jenny Turner with Lovejoy Real Estate. If you have any more questions, give me a call.